Welcome to the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. I'm your host, Dan Lewis. Who is the spiritual leader of your family? Is it you, your pastor, your spouse, the media? Do you know? I did. And sadly, no one was taking responsibility to lead our family. Well, friends, someone needs to take that job, and that man is you. You may not feel qualified, and some days I don't. With the help of God and a community of dads helping each other on their journey, you can be the leader your family deserves. We welcome you to the Journey of the Christian Dad podcast. All right, guys, we are back. It's been a little bit since I recorded, so I cannot wait to let this one rip. I've got a great guy that's coming on with us here in, here in just a bit. So inside of the journey in a Christian dad community, we've got uh, something coming up called the Ascent. So it's a program where we help guys accomplish what their bigger vision is. So we help you design the bigger vision, and then we help you break that down into smaller goals and have an accountability group around that. Last time we ran it, we had a guy who was a mechanic, and we also had a guy that was an executive coach, and we had another guy who's an international speaker, and another guy who was a juggler, and all kinds of mix of people that were in it. Uh, one of the guys was like, dude, I'm so thankful you changed my life by 300000 bucks in a quick, quick fashion. He had a big decision to make in his life and had been not making progress on it. We helped him figure it out, get clarity. And by the end of the 12 week, uh, made a huge difference in his life. But anyway, guys, if you're looking for something big and looking to make some moves and looking to move your life to the next level, super excited to, to run this group. It's something we've been doing the last couple of years in January. So keys to it are authenticity, vulnerability, and then we bring out the tools and accountability for action to take you to that next level. And one of the reasons why I'm super excited to have our guest on is he's written a couple of books. One's called Rise and Go, and then also Win at Home First, and then he's also got the Win at Home First podcast, and some keys in his program are authenticity and tools for action, so totally fired up about that. Welcome to the podcast, Corey Carlson, and Corey is spelled without an E before the Y, so Corey Carlson, welcome to the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. <laughs> Dan, thank you very much for having me on today. Look forward to our conversation. I've always already enjoyed the the time we've talked that's not been recorded. So looking forward to what's ahead. All right. Well, fantastic. And I just love it. I get connected to great people all the time. And I think to myself, God, you're the greatest. Like over and over and over again, I get lucky and, and get to meet and talk with guys like you. So man, you're here. All right on. <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, you're married, kids, you know, all the usual stuff, wrote a few books, have a great coaching program, help executives all over the United States, get to come to St. Louis even from time to time and speak here. So how's life? Yeah, it, it, life's awesome. It's not exactly how I thought it was going to be coming out of college. I could tell you that, you know, we, we, you know, we both talked about how I went to college in the state of Missouri. Um, that's where I started in, in University of Missouri to be a, graduated as a civil engineer. And that's the life I thought I was going to live. I was going to be a corporate guy my whole life. And then things just kind of shook up. And and now here I am and living in Cincinnati, doing getting to do executive coaching, speaking full time. I yeah, have written the two books. And really, the, we'll talk more about the books. But the books were written out of kind of a need for myself to kind of get my, my my own things figured out. And as I work to get my own junk figured out, 
put together some tools. I was like, hey, this is a book to help other people. And then did the books, and which has led to speaking engagements, as well as just coaching clients. So really, my desire is to help leaders win at work, win at home. And it started because I lost at both places. And I don't want another leader to to lose at either place. And they don't have to. There is a better way. They don't have to be complacent in their marriage. They don't have to be complacent in their work and living a life of no purpose. And I was kind of experiencing all those things I just mentioned, complacency, stress, burnout, skipping the gym, laptop on my lap, not engaging the family, all those deals, because I didn't know that there was another way. And then I started to learn a different way. And once it helped me get better, I started to, you know, through a progress, leave corporate and then go into um, yeah, what I do now, which is awesome to get so to we're do gonna, it. We're going to jump into a couple of those uh, big major events that you had. And so we're going to get to that real quick, but rather than jump into that first, um, as you're growing up, what'd you think you were going to be and how'd you transition and civil engineer? I wasn't expecting that. I didn't know about that because you're a high level sales trainer you know, corporate and all that. <laughs> Usually civil engineers don't go that path, but uh, break that down for me. I'd like to understand a little bit how that all happened. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, as far as growing up, uh, other than, you, you know, um, I don't know if I really ever knew what I wanted to be. What happened in high school is I started to love development, like downtown development, skyscrapers, buildings. And and really, to this day, I still love developing what takes place. And I was liking all those subjects. I was good at math. And someone said, hey, you should be an engineer. And they made good money, I think, probably was the next part that I really hung on to. <laughs> and, and, and so I went down that path. I do remember, and, and for anyone listening and who battles with head trash or limiting beliefs, which we all do. All of us. I remember my high, high school counselor, and I think her heart was good. It, I don't think it was a mean thing she was saying. I think more as a, as a preparation to help me. But she kind of, in, nice, in a nice way, like I said, her, her, I believe her intent was good. But what I heard, I don't know exactly how she said it, what she said, but you're not smart enough to be an engineer. Like, find a different degree. You, you, your ACT scores, you know, all your scores, that you're not smart enough to be an engineer. Find, find something different. So I could still hear that. Like there were times when I, then I did go to University of Missouri and I did pursue my civil engineering degree. And there were times where I could hear that, that loop in my head of you're, you're not smart enough to be an engineer. And, and sometimes I was motivating. Right. And, but other, you know, that chip on your shoulder, like I'll prove her wrong. Other times it, it may have been actually defeating. And so it just kind of depend on, on, on the day I heard it. But I think but probably because of a lot of those reasons I pushed through civil engineering I graduated with that degree and then moved to Kansas City and started working for an engineering firm in Kansas City. Great firm, awesome company, still in contact with folks there. It just wasn't for me. I sat in a cubicle, designed air, <laughs> air, airports and runways. And I was like, I, this is not, I do not think I was wired for this. And people I worked with loved what they did. So I knew it wasn't a, like a work thing, like, you know, this is, it just wasn't for me, but I didn't know what to do. I, you know, pursue, I got an MBA during that time. I just, I was just, you know, couldn't really find, figure out what I wanted. 
I then got exposed to technical sales. I could for the company, I could sell civil engineering products like bridges, storm sewer, you know, real sexy stuff that no one <laughs> thinks would be fun to sell. I was like, this is cool. So I started selling those type of products in Kansas City, had success, got promoted, moved to Denver, managed a bunch of states and people, then got promoted to Cincinnati. And there I managed a division about $120 million and a you know, bunch of people in the division. And it was that that's kind of the next chapter when I you know started pursue coaching. But yeah, I mean that, that was a big part of the journey is how I kind of went from engineering into sales. And then when I was VP of this $120 million division, that's kind of when I was in over my head. I leapfrogged my boss. I was managing him now. I was managing people older than me. I was skipping gym wor- workouts, laptop on my lap, kind of all those things I had you know mentioned a little bit earlier. And in that, I was like, I, I need help. There's got to be a better way. So I called my boss who I loved, but we were ships in the night. And I just said, hey, Tom, I would, I, I need some help. And I love when you and I get to talk, but it's not enough. And he said, get an executive coach. I've always had one. I was like, <laughs> why didn't you tell me this sooner? Uh, but anyways, I, I interviewed some different executive coaches, you know, just like any big company, they had their ones that the HR department had vetted. And they said, you, you know, you got to interview with so these. The boss knows about it. The company's got all these resources around. You don't yeah. know anything about it. Yeah. All, yes. And that's a, uh, that, that itself is a story that's already out. You know, I mean, that's, that's everywhere. Like where, you know, HR departments are, are aware of these executive coaches and they don't necessarily push them down people's throat. But people just don't raise their hand for it. They, 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 I think what I've learned in this whole executive coach process is some people think it's a sign of weakness. Mm-hmm. Like if I need a coach, I need help. And man, what I've found is, yeah, I, I have a few clients I coach that need some help. But I have a lot of clients. They don't need help. They just want to keep going. They want to keep going to the next level. You look at the LeBron James. I mean, you look at any of They got numerous coaches. You know, that's why they're the best. They have health coaches, you know, mindset coaches, obviously basketball coaches. And you start to see people in the business world that have just coaches and it's it's like their secret weapon. And I, I didn't really realize all that. And um, anyways, once I got one, I've had one since. It's It's been a decade. I've had the same coach the whole time. I also still go hire other coaches, participate in other programs because I want to learn. I want to get better. And so, um, yeah, I, I've, I've had different coaches. I can keep going about all this. It gets me excited and passionate. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, so what I heard there for the audience, let me let me dwell on it for just a bit. Going through corporate promotion, 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 or different version for any guy that's listening. Uh, work, bills, money. Got to keep the roof over our heads. Got to pay the bills. Got to provide food. Got to provide. We're all hard, hardwired for that. And with that, we can stay super focused on those things. And it sounds like going through the corporate track that you did, even though the resources were all around you, your boss is very aware and almost chuckled. It sounded like, why don't you already have this? Because mm-hmm. the guys around you or HR, somebody hadn't shared that with you. And secondly, even if you heard it the first time, hey, I'm afraid of going that direction because then I'll have to admit weakness. I'm strong. I'm powerful. I'm tough. I can do this all on my own. And again, Christian podcast, hey, God, don't worry about it. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. stay away for a little bit. You know, sometimes it's, it's the goofiest thing in the world where when, you know, we're going through life 
and we don't allow people or God to help us. Uh, yesterday, I was doing a thing, some John Maxwell training, and one of the questions was, how do you keep a positive attitude? And I was like, you know, it's at the end of the day, I know the score. We're all playing a game. We're all running a race, but I already know the score. I already know the final score. So as things happen in life, I know who my teammates are. I know who can lift me up. I know I can reach out to God. And so that's the second key is I, I'm so much faster at recognizing what's going on yeah. and what my tools and resources are so I can write the ship and you know keep going forward. But again, at the end of the day, I know I'm going to heaven and I'm going to help a bunch of people get there as well. That's the scoreboard at the end of the game. So when you lift your head up and get out of your situation, you can look towards the long term. Ah, this is a season, a phase, a day, a minute out of this whole thing. So I think a lot of guys can relate to being on track, the complacent, no purpose, stress, burnout, uh, skipping the gym or the run or the walk or the any of that stuff, uh, the laptop instead of being engaged with the family. Those are all huge, huge things that, that we all struggle with. And from time to time, individually struggle with different ones as well. So that yeah. just peace guys like, yep, that's me. I've been there. I, I'm still there. I'm, uh, how do I, how do I, how do I pause and change? I guess we can even answer that here in a bit. Cause I definitely want to get into kind of those major events that we talked about. Seems like a good time to transition to that. Mm-hmm corporate coaching and then things changed. Uh, well, take, take whichever one you want and we can go in which, whichever direction you want. Yeah. Well, I got it. And, and, and let me jump in real quick. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry for that. There's a book author and in his book recently I was reading and he's like, my editor told me to put the cookies on the low shelf. Don't put them on the high shelf. It's hard to reach. And all the way at the back of the book, put them up front. And it's funny in your book, your editor told you the same thing. That's exactly right, man. He yes. used, used different words, of course, but he's like, we got to get yeah, the big story yeah. up front and I we got to roll that. with that rather I than that. Uh, well, you did some, than, you did some homework. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. That's, that's, it says a lot about, yeah, you and your prep and having your guest on. So it's pretty cool, especially for your listening audience to know that you do prep. Um, you just don't wing it. So that's pretty neat. Yeah, absolutely. And so with that, like, this is a big, a couple of big things that you're going to share. And I appreciate the fact that you're willing to be vulnerable about it and say, you know, my life hasn't always been perfect. It's not perfect now, but it definitely had some yeah. imperfections and some super rocky things that happened. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so I said that at the beginning, I mean, my, my, my passion is to help business leaders win at work and win at home. Why am I passionate about that? Of, of all things that's out there to be passionate about, for me, it's because I lost at home first. I got, you know, I, I went down the, you know, the, the wrong path. Back when I was an engineer, as I mentioned, I didn't find job satisfaction. I, I wasn't loving it, as I said that earlier. But at that time in my life, I was taking my identity to my job. Like, hey, I'm a man if I like my job and if I'm getting promoted, I'm moving up the ladder fast. And if I'm getting fulfilled, like I was taking my identity to my job, which many people ha- do. Um, and, you know, if I'm not careful, I could you know, drift that way again. That's why I have different kind of checks and balances. That's why I do my quiet time and, and, and really try to, you know, check my heart a lot. But in my 
earlier in my career, I, I didn't know all this stuff. I wasn't walking the faith journey that I do now. So I took my identity to my job. And when that wasn't fulfilling, I felt less than. And then the next idea I had, well, hey, if, if I'm, uh, I am doing great at work, they're doing the best they can to push me up the corporate ladder as fast as possible. I was the only one in my 20s that was in this future leaders program. It was a lot of 30-year-olds and 40-year-olds in this program. And then me, and a lot of it, because they were just like, man, this guy this guy is kind of like you know, a, a buck and bronco, and, he's, he's, and we, we want to try to just help him as much as possible. And they were doing awesome, but it wasn't enough. And so when I took my identity to my work, it wasn't fulfilling. I then took my identity. If I'm a man, if I'm doing all the right things to my wife, well, that's unfair to another human to try to fulfill the identity of, you know, another human because she has her bad days and that's not her job to make, you know, me find my identity. Well, when that didn't work, I decided, hey, I'll take my my identity to another woman to see if that will solve all my problems. And, you know, for the listener, that's a, that's a bad one. Don't do that one. That doesn't work. <laughs> but in the, that season of my life, I didn't completely understand that we can't take our identity to temporary things. It, it'll never solve it. It, it. There's never enough. You know, the corner office, the job title, once I make a hundred thousand, once I make a million, once I make whatever it is, whenever we got these temporary things that are supposed to fill our worth, our value, our identity of who we are, it's always fleeting. It's never satisfying. And I didn't totally understand all that. And so anyways, I, in fact, have an affair. Then I get promoted, moved to Denver, Colorado. And it's just this, um, God starts to soften my heart and kind of, you know, woo me and bring me closer to him. My wife says, Hey, we need to, you know, we need to really start going to church. And I was like, I don't, you know, kind of, kind of, she knew I was a Christian guy growing up and, you know, came from a great Christian family, but I was a little slow to want to go to church because I had a skeleton in my closet that I, you know, I didn't want to be a hypocrite. I didn't want to be sitting in there and like, Oh gosh, I know the truth. I feel like an imposter. Right, that old imposter syndrome that many of us deal with. Well, I, I said yes. I started. We started going to this church in Denver, and just you know, as God always does, He started surrounding me with people that were softening. He, he was you know using them to help soften my heart, and they were just great guys that talked about real life things. And I'd never really been around Christians that talked about real life things. It seemed like anybody I was around, life was perfect. My marriage is amazing, and money's great, and I love my job, and. You know, all this. And it's like, man, I just, I, so I didn't get a really experience with that realness felt like. So in Denver, I'm having coffees and beers and meeting up with these people, you know, these guys at different times. And they're just talking about challenges of life. Like their marriage is stuff, but they're working on it. They, you know, they're seeing marriage counseling. They're, they're, they're praying about it. They're, they're working on it or uh, some money issues and, you know, just whatever, you know, porn and trying to overcome a porn addiction or like whatever the things was, it's like, oh my gosh, these guys are admitting their faults. They're being vulnerable, but yet they're not settling they're, they They know there's a better way. And they're talking about Jesus and, and they're talking about pursuing him more and more. It's like, wow, this is cool. So God was using that to soften my heart. And, um, uh, then in one particular evening in Denver, I am at a leadership class. The pastor's talking, he's at the front of the room, and he's talking about character. And it, the whole leadership class was for volunteers that they want to kind of get, obviously, you know, more of us involved to do some bigger things in the community. And so it's pretty much a room of some different business leaders. 
And it's about character. Hey, we got to you know make sure our character's good because I don't want any volunteers screwing up. And it you know impacts the church was kind of you know maybe the the, the the through line of it. But it, all all in all, is about growing in our character. While I'm sitting in that room, kind of out of nowhere, and uh, you know it may sound completely odd to a listener, but out of nowhere, kind of this audible voice, just to you know just to me, no one else obviously could hear, but it's something that is in my brain out of out of left field. I mean, it was you need to come clean of your affair. I was like, what? Who was that? Like, what is that? And then I could hear hear it again. Like, you need to come clean of your affair. And I'm like, no, I don't. You know, that's a stupid idea. You know, I just, we just, you know, we moved to Denver, been promoted, making the most money I've ever made. Wife, kids. I mean, we're, we're all doing good. Like, no, not doing that. And so this back and forth kept going on. And, and to be honest, I don't know what I look like in the room. I mean, I may have looked like, you know, normal. But I may have looked like, wow, what is going on with that guy over there in that chair? I mean, he is, he's just, you know, having this argument with, you know, space. But uh, anyways, it, it uh, that, that kind of kept going on. Then all of a sudden I heard this other phrase, you need to hand over your story for a greater story. That's a story. It's a, that's a line I've never heard before. It was uncommon now that I've heard it. I, you know, I kind of hear things like that in other books I read. And But hand over your story for a greater story. I was like, oh my goodness. And as I started to kind of, continue this wrestling match with God, my heart did in fact start to soften to be like, okay, maybe I will do this and face the consequences. Maybe I need to hand over my story of brokenness for the greater story. And that greater story is one to grow closer to to Jesus in my walk, but also to share with others, to help other broken men and women, not only just from, you know, having an affair, but just other things. So it started to happen on the drive home. Um, I'm still doing some negotiation with God. Like, Hey, how, how about this? I don't come clean. I'll volunteer more. You know, I won't come clean. I'll, I'll tithe more. Like I'll, I'm from here on out. I'm going to be, I'm going to be a good man. And it wasn't really working. And then my last idea with God in that drive was how about this? If she's awake, I'll tell her if she's not awake, I'm not telling her. And so I go home and she's not awake and I'm like, Oh, sweet. This is awesome. So I don't have to tell her. So I went to bed. The next day, I woke up and kind of probably did what I always did, which would go for a run, do kind of things to avoid it. Um, and then, but it 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 just kind of came back in the afternoon. I was like, I, I've got to tell her. So I told her that night, and it was it was awful. I mean, as you'd expect. Luckily, thankfully, praise God, she had this sense, this word come over her. It will be okay. Like she just felt that and heard it. And it doesn't mean it's cupcakes and balloons in our house. I mean, it was uh, door slamming and yelling, just all the bad stuff you'd imagine. And rightfully so, because, you know, I, I did a, a, a bonehead move. Well, we, we we began the journey of getting, you know, working together. Uh, we had strong community. We you know, took classes, you know, prayed about it. Had You know, and we just grew closer to each other. Through, we grew individually closer to Jesus as a couple closer to Jesus and just began an awesome restoration process. It was not easy. It was hard. It took some time. And well, any, for any listener who wants to talk further about some of those details, you know, I'd reach out. I'd love to share. Um, I, not that we can do all of that on this podcast, but love to help any way I can. So that, that that's, that's the big piece to your comment about the book. I have had an awesome story that a client had. And um, I, I can even uh, just share that real briefly. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, I don't know the story. I'm like, I've, I've been dying to know. Yeah. Well, the client story is, man, this is another great story. These listeners like this guy doesn't stop talking. 
um, how, how that that story with the client goes is I got hired to do coaching for a president of a company. And it was to help with vision and values of the organization. You know, they they were about ready to cross over the 200 employee threshold and just kind of felt like losing that entrepreneurial spirit. Now we're going a little bit corporate. Like, like, how do we do? We need vision. We need values. Corey, can you come and help us? So I, and I did, and, and he definitely, he did not know all my story. Oh, maybe, maybe did, but definitely knew my coaching was both home and work. I mean, he, he knew that that was definitely my brand, my platform, all those pieces. Very first call, well, after I get the contract, the very first call with this uh, leader, we're talking about work and, you know, oh, it's, you know, we're going to cross 200 employees. It's great. We're launching all these different products. You know, things are, you know, great. And I said, okay, tell me some of the challenges and we did the challenges. And I just asked some other questions, but I didn't get a lot of home stuff. Like it was all work, work, work. And I was, and I started already to get suspicious. Like, oh boy. So then I said, just trying to get to know my client a little bit more. Hey, tell me about the weekend. What'd you do over the weekend? And it was, um, yeah, me and the kids did this and kind of me and the kids. And I was like, oh man, I remember when I interviewed to get this coaching job, he had said he'd been married for 25 years. Like, I remember him kind of saying it like confidently, kind of braggadociously. I mean, not the, you know, he's a great guy. I don't mean to say it that way, but just like, yeah, I've been married 25 years. And I was like, oh, so I remember that. And then it's like, oh boy. So I said, where was your wife and all this? And then he, a slower response, ah, you know, she doesn't really like kind of doing this stuff and, you know, doesn't always like going over here. It, it just, I was like, oh boy, and I could just feel it. And I got this kind of prompting, like, I got to say something like if I'm going to continue this coaching engagement, I got to be honest with how I'm going to approach it as well as with um, him. So basically I just said, Hey, here's the deal. You hired me to help with the company culture, the vision, the values. We absolutely will do it. But as the leader goes, so goes the company. If we in fact are going to have success getting this company going the right direction, got to make sure you're doing well. Is that okay if throughout our coaching, we are also going to be talking about home and your marriage and your parenting? Is that okay? And he's slow to answer. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just lost the largest contract I've ever had in my coaching business. This is this sucks. Why, why did I open my big fat mouth? And then he said, um, he goes, yeah, it's okay. Every day I drive home, I get a pit in my stomach. Mm. It's okay. We, we, we can talk about it. I was like, oh my gosh. So we did. We talked for the next series of months. Um, actually, we worked together for all, nine months. And then he started having me work with other people on his team. But in that series of uh, those nine months, we start, we taught, we did, we put together the vision values. We put together all, all the business things we said we we're going to do. But along the way, it's like, hey, you need to go on a date with your wife. You need to have a big family, you need to have a family dinner, everyone around the table. I mean, you know, are you doing your quiet time? Are you doing reflection? Are you spending time in the word? Like all these different things to help him get better. And it's an awesome story, Dan. And the fact he did get better, they did start dating again <laughs> and it restored, you know, there was marriage restoration that took place. It was awesome. Awesome. So I started my story, my book story, which is went home first, the first book I wrote with that story. And then a couple of chapters later, I was like, yeah, we all make mistakes. Like I, you know, like me, I had a fair comma. You, you know, you may have some mistakes, comma. <laughs> uh, 
And my writing coach read the intro, read my part where I said I had a fair comma. He said, no, awful. You, you, you got to flip it. No one's going to read the book if you your mention of your vulnerability is like a couple words, comma. You got to tell the story. I was like, uh, really? <laughs> and uh, so what I did is I typed up the intro to the book. I went and shared it with my wife, said, babe, are you, are you cool with this being the intro to the book? Like, I mean, she, we had been telling other people about it. You know, we, we'd definitely been sharing it with others, but this was like to go public. Like this is the intro of the book. I'd start talking about it on podcast. I would start speaking about it just more publicly. Are you ready, babe? And she was like, yep. So we, we went forward and that became the intro of the book. The intro of the book is me telling that story of when I was in Denver, came clean of my fair. And it's a crazy cool story. So that's how I lost at home. And that's why I don't want another leader to lose at home, whether it's through an affair or just a complacent marriage or your cruddy parenting, or um, you're just living life without purpose. We can totally recalibrate and, you know, redirect. I was talking with a guy earlier today. You were saying you'd reach certain uh, milestones, certain goals that you were going for and still felt empty and purposeless and it didn't fulfill you. And uh, there was a guy we had on, uh, he wrote the book Seal of God. He was a Navy SEAL. His name was Chad. Chad he, Williams. Yeah, yeah, you know Chad, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's, I reference him in the book. No way. That story and went home first. Yeah, absolutely. He endorsed, went home first, and then I had him because his story is awesome unbelievable guy and his story is awesome and i was floored when he said big huge story but the culmination of it was he's a navy seal you know the family comes out the ceremony he's you know gets everything like everything he wanted for his whole entire life he got all on one day and then the next thing he says after a slight pause is and then the very next day I've never been so depressed in all of my life. I reached the mountaintop. Yep. What else was there? There was nothing in my life that was ever going to compare. There wasn't any reason to live anymore. I, oh no. (laughs) Yeah. How do you go from there to where he is now? And, you know, obviously he got some hope and figured that part out. He goes, but I'll, I'll never forget that lesson. And I share that same lesson with guys all the time. You know, we think we all can do things. We all can picture being a really cool Navy SEAL or whatever our version of that is and then go, huh. So when I hit the million dollars or the hundred thousand dollars or the whatever, huh, are you telling me that that isn't going to fulfill me? <laughs> guys, both of it, Corey and I are both saying, no, that would not I know. I'm, I, I tried. It, do, it doesn't work. And I like the way that you said uh, uh, you can't take your identity from temporary things, from things that aren't aren't permanent. And absolutely, yeah. uh, you know, we can set targets and goals, and we can enjoy the journey. Uh, Matt Holiday, the baseball player, was on the other day, and he said, "If I have something I could change about my baseball career, it was that I should have enjoyed the journey a little bit more. Mm. I shouldn't have won the World Series and then got right back after it a couple of days later, hardcore training and focused on the next season." I should have kind of enjoyed the fact we won the World Series, but I didn't really do that. I, I kept going. I mean, yeah, yeah, guilty as well. I mean, for sure. Of, I think before we hit record, has had an amazing week last week. It was unbelievable. Got to speak in Arkansas, Missouri, and Washington D.C. Of so cool. I came back and I, my Monday was filled with work. 
And it's like, man, I didn't, you know, I didn't do a great job celebrating, resting. I'm just sitting in the moment. And, and I think not that we all can relate to a World Series, nor can we all relate to getting our Navy SEAL, you know, badge. But I think we can all relate to busting our tail, having success for the week or the quarter, and then going right back to the next quarter. Yeah, yeah. That's what I love about that book Simon that Simon Sinek did, The Infinite Game. You know, as he talks about baseball, football, there are finite games. There's a beginning, there's an end. There's a first game of the season, there's a last game of the season. Business is not, I mean, it's not finite. It's infinite. Like once a year is over, you go right in the next year. I mean, you know, it just, it builds on top of each other. And that's, that's how our life is. And, and we think that, man, once we get here, we've kind of arrived. It's over. It's like, no, it just, it just kind of keeps building. So slow down, celebrate, have fun. Cause it's not like, you know, where we get this medal and then it's all over. No, yeah. it just kind of keeps building. Yeah. You mentioned checks and balances, heart checking, quiet time, leaning into your faith. So that's a, a way to pause, reflect, appreciate. Uh, I talk all the time to guys about recording your wins. So as yes. you go through a day or a week, it's like, take a second, look back. And uh, I was feeling some pressure lately on goals that I was going after. And when I looked at my checklist at the end of the week, I'm like, huh. I'm actually doing all of the, like I get a hundred percent. I'm feeling like I'm behind, but at the same time, every single thing that I was supposed to do was accomplished. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why do I feel like I'm behind when I'm actually exactly on track? Yeah. There's, there's a lot of parts in my new book, uh, right. It's called rise and go. And it's, uh, you know, it's the idea that all leaders get knocked down. It's just the great leaders get back up quicker. What could it look like in your life if the next time you got knocked down, you got back up quicker? And so then I share a story how I got knocked down in in March of 2020, as many listeners probably did in March 2020, but I specifically, because that's when I went all into coaching and speaking. And then all of a sudden on March 13th, which was a Friday, which I'm not a superstitious guy, but I think it's odd. Friday the 13th (laughs) is when all the travel mandates kicked in and it all just became uh, kind of that stay at home uh, world. Well, I lost 35% of my income right then. And I was like, what in the world just happened? So I got knocked down. And over the series of a few uh, weeks and months, I got pointed a different scripture. I had cool you know, guests on the podcast that had stories of resilience. I heard other inspirational stories. And I started to put together some content that helped me get back up. And it became like these ladder rungs that helped me get up. I then shared that content with my clients, they'd be saying something like, I'm struggling with this. I'm like, uh, I just was kind of thinking about this scripture this morning or, or this story here. Why don't you consider this? And they're like, oh, that helped. So it got battle tested. The, the content did. So I was like, hey, I'm going to put together a book. And so it's 10 cha- it's 20 total chapters. The first 10 are to get up with courage and the next 10 are to move forward with confidence. But inside one of those, Dan, is this whole idea of gratitude because that was a gap in, in, my, in, in, in my mindset. I mean, gratitude is a weapon and I wasn't using it. Instead, what I was doing is I was focusing on my to-do list, the things not checked off and just constantly thinking of that, right? It's, it's looking at that peak of the mountain. Like, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. And, you know, I suck. I'm not good enough. I'm a bad <laughs> husband. I'm a bad father. I'm a bad leader. I'm a bad entrepreneur. I'm not, I haven't done all these things on the list. But the change for me had to be, I had to start looking at what I had been getting done. Like, like to your point, like, look at the week, look at the wins you've had. 
Yes, yes. Every night when I go to bed now, because of something that happened in 2020, it's another long story. I don't need to share it all um, and be more happy to. But I started writing down three wins at the end of the day every night. I got this thick notebook by my bed, and every night I write down my three wins. And it's totally changed my posture of the mindset as opposed to, you know, not good enough. And, uh, you know, it's still too much to do. Now it's like, hey, man, I'm making progress and I'm grateful for the day. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, just tracking that uh, weekly, I, I review the week. And because I reviewed the week, that stress that I had or was feeling for whatever reason totally went away. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If I'd have hit 50%, I'd have looked at it and go, ah, that's why I'm feeling that way because of this and this. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, reviewing reviewing what you're doing and where you're going, your vision, your, you know, what you're trying to accomplish, you know, praying like, hey, God, I'm feeling some stress. Help me out here. What am I missing? Yeah, um, you absolutely. Look at your plan. <laughs> yeah, you look, look at your plan. You, you, you look at, oh, I didn't do that this morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. But like the help is there and everything. So, hey, I got a, uh, a real life scenario. There's a, a guy real time says, Hey, my job is going well for the first time in almost a decade. I've put so much focus on my job, but my home life has been affected. Huh? We've just been talking about that. Right. I'm not taking care of myself either. Like I usually do. He's a baseball guy, baseball coach has a kid that's into baseball, good player. I've been getting into it with my 15 year old son and yelling at him. I feel I'm really putting a wall between us and also my wife. I will be brutally honest. Sometimes when I'm critiquing him, it's because I don't want him to be like me. The things that he says are hurtful because there's some truth to it. He is a really good kid. We don't deal with some of the other stuff parents deal with. I need to take a breath and think uh, is something I need to do and address things. I would say most times I don't do it. I don't blame him to real, really not want to be around me when I'm like this. When something is really wrong, he won't talk to me if I don't change my attitude. I know things are not taught, but they're caught. The kids yep. catch things from us. I should have made it to a recent event that helps out dads in my local area. I feel like I'm adrift or at least in the start of one, I need to get out of my head and into my heart. What'd you hear? What'd you think about? What questions would you have? What advice would you have? Wow. I got a lot of thoughts. I'm not going to say these are all in the right order, but uh, hey, man, I mean, to this listener, I mean, you're not alone. A lot of people feel this way. And so you absolutely can correct it. And and so know that for sure. And don't beat yourself up. Don't let the devil get inside your head saying, hey, you're a bad dad. You always be a bad dad. You can never get better. You're a bad husband. You'll never get better. It's just it's just who you are. And that's just head trash. It's a lie that the devil will tell you. Yeah, maybe you could have done things better for sure. But it's 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 time to, you know, to uh to recalibrate and get better. You know, as I hear all that, um, to me, the first thing that's you know, I hear is I hear very, very, very busy. You have no margin in your life and, and slow down. Uh, I think all the listeners, one thing we've we've all screwed up here coming out of 2020, 2021 was, you know, we, we were saying yes to everything. We're just 
are we were we deprived for the last two years of of all the things we couldn't do and now it's like yes i'm gonna go to that coffee yes i'm gonna go have that beer yes i'm going to that barbecue yes family let's go over here yes 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 and we're taking on more work assignments like we have just inundated ourselves with with yeses i had a mentor that said the quantity of our nose will drive the quality of our yeses once again the quantity of our nose will drive the quality of our yeses we got to say no more as leaders We've got to figure out what are, because if everything's important, nothing is important. So we got to focus on what's most important for this listener. In fact, it, it's got to be some self-care. He's got no margin. So he's got to, I would recommend like slow down, find some time to spend time in the word, pray, pray about your heart towards your son, that you start seeing the positive in your son and not the shortcomings or, or, or whatever it is, because there's a tension. I mean, the, 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 this father is showing up with just, with, with just a tension. He just, if he gets some quiet time, starting taking care of himself a little bit. And, and then it, it don't work. I, a lot of the guys I work with, they're involved in too much. Like they, it's too controlling. Like they just need to release some control and, and think about what, they're, you know, what are their hours they're working? When are they working? A big thing I see with a lot of folks is also we, we are all wasting way too much time on our phones, ooh, ooh, ooh. looking at ESPN, looking at CNN, looking at Fox, you know, whatever your vibe is, you're spending time on that. That's doing a couple of things. One, you can spend time in the word or prayer instead of that. You could go hang out with your son across the room instead of looking at your phone. But what it also does is you never are slowing down resting your mind. And I, you know, I, this is something I got to work on too. If we go from work meeting to work meeting in between, we're walking down the hallway or as we walk to the bathroom and we're at the, the urinal and we're looking at our phone, we're never letting our brain rest. It's just go, go, go. I talk to a lot of guys where they're like, I'm so tired. Well, what time do you go to bed? And they'll tell me a time. Let's just play this out. Oh, I go to bed at 10. Okay, great. When's the last time you look at your phone? Oh, usually about 10. That's awful. It's awful because for a variety of reasons, it is, well, we, there's, there's all kinds of science that talks about black light and what it does to you and you stay up too late. Okay. I do think that's all true, but let's just move that aside. No matter what you see last, this is what you're going to start thinking about. If someone sends you an email and you look at it last, you're going to go to sleep thinking how to strategize and respond. I should say these three things. Yeah. In the morning, I'm going to type this email. Yeah. I'm going to say this and then I'll say that. And you just, you don't go to sleep. So Buy an alarm clock, put it in your room, and then charge your phone in the kitchen. And you know when the last thing you go to bed, you're not looking at your phone. And the first thing in the morning, it's a beautiful thing. You also don't look at your phone. You can start praying. You can start walking into the shower. You can do whatever it is, and it slows you down. So as I hear this particular father, you know his his heart is you know good. He wants to crush it at work. He wants to crush it at home, but he's filling up some of the time with things that aren't helping him crush it at work, crush it at home. And I think one big thing is uh, I struggle with this too. I'm a coach for a living. So is being hard on a kid, I mean, I can err on this because it's like, kid, what, what's your vision? What's your values? <laughs> what, what, what do you do? What are your goals for this week? What are you most thankful for this week? You know, come on, let's go, let's go. But our kids don't want that. I remember coming home from a soccer game, a soccer practice. I was my, uh, my son's coach right now. He's 10 years old. I got three kids and uh, I was, we were driving home and my son says from the back, he says, dad, you didn't say many negative things tonight. I was like, <laughs> I was like what, what do you mean? He said, well, you, you know, usually you tell me I should have done this better, this better, this better. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what a jerk. Like, 
That's that's what I say. I'm always coaching him, always critiquing, always trying to make him better. And my heart's good. Like I want that out of it. You know, he doesn't need that. He's got other coaches. He knows that stuff. What I need to be doing is loving and encouraging him. And so we have a responsibility as leaders, both at work and home, to invite those that we lead into relationship and then challenge them into responsibility. And there's this whole matrix that I've drawn in the book called Win a Home First. It was taught to me. I then include in the book to share with others. We have to invite people into relationship and we challenge them responsibility. Where most of us err is one of two ways. We, it's all challenge, you know, get better grades, make your bed, do your devotion, um, you know, work better, harder in baseball or soccer or whatever, or music, whatever your thing is. We come across as dictators and our kids become little soldiers. <laughs> they do what we say, but man, they're, they don't feel the love. They're just doing it because uh, out of fear, they're doing it just to minimize the consequences. If it's, it's in our employees, they, they may do what we say, but they're looking at LinkedIn at night, looking for a new job. They're part of the great resignation. I mean, they just is like, no, and I want, I want someone who notices me. There's a report done that 85% of the people that left during the 2020, 2021 said it was because of they didn't feel noticed and recognized. Yep. hundred percent. Number one so, thing. That's because people don't care about relationship with them. So that's the bottom right quadrant, if you will, of the matrix. Top left quadrant would be all invitation, all re- relationship. That's cozy. That's spoiled brats of their kids. Hey, dad, mom, can I have this? Yes. Can I spend the night? Yes. Can I go to the mall? Yes. Can I, whatever. Yes, yes, yes. And so the kids start to feel spoiled, entitled. Employees, it's a cozy environment. Don't worry about the sales report. Uh, We'll get them next time. How was your weekend? Did you have fun? You know, if it's all about relationship, it's a cozy environment. That's not good. Where we need to get to is just like how Jesus led, come, follow me, right? Come, very relational, asking questions, getting to know them, but then go and make disciples. Like that's a challenge. That's a responsibility. So that's how we need to do with, with our kids, with our employees. It's, it's a relationship, hang out. And so, and then also challenge them. So for this father, what I was hearing was just, it's been a season for a while of high challenge, like work hard, do this, get better at baseball, go, go, go. It's probably time to recalibrate for a little bit and just hang out, go get ice cream, go talk. How's school? How are you? You know, there's a lot of noise in school. How are you handling it? And just have fun. And, 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 and then there'll be, there'll be the right time to challenge again. Hey, man, you're, you're slow, you know. But most of us as dads, we, do, we err on high challenge. You know, we, we, we've got all this wisdom from all of our mistakes, and we don't want our kids to go down the wrong path. So we're always kind of cracking the whip. What we're not yeah, all yeah. very good at is hanging out and being loving and being encouraging and just chilling. Because yeah, it's hard yeah. for us to slow down. Because it's, there's work to be done and I got to make sure I do these, you know, this checklist, you know, so, and then same thing for our wives. We got to be loving on our wives. We got to be dating our wives. One of the first things I ask my clients is when's the last time you went on a date with a, your wife? And a lot of times they're like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> long time ago, I mean, go on dates. Our wives need to feel pursued. hundred percent. So it's funny when I left the house today, I, I left pretty early and my wife was still in bed and it's a uh, fall break for my kids. So they're allowed to chill out. And when I left, I gave my wife a kiss on the cheek, like I always do. And I said, Hey, by the way, tonight we're going out somewhere. 
and we're going to let the kids do what the kids do, whether they're at home or, or we send them somewhere or whatever, but we're going out tonight. And she's like, oh, the, the thing and the thing. And I said, no, we're, we're going out tonight. She goes, oh, all right. Like she had to pause for a second. Granted, she was half asleep, but pause for a second. I'm like, wait, what did you just say? That's awesome. Way to go. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm anyway, super excited about Friday night. This is Friday, fellas. So (laughs) it's Friday. Well, on LinkedIn, we won't talk about on LinkedIn. I talk about, or on my website, I've done an article four dates that all married couples need to go on. So. Ah, dude, I'm I'm going to read that one. I'm going to read that one. That'll be good. That'll be good. Yep. Yeah. It's funny. You were talking about kind of the after action review after the sporting event and the ride home. Mike Matheny talks about that being like the worst time of a kid's week is the mm. criticism they get from the yep. parent, usually the dad, about the things they could have done better immediately after the after the event. And instead, mm. like what you said, love and appreciate and enjoy, and maybe it's not even talking about the game, but the car ride home from wherever you are, sporting event or dropping the kids off at the mall and picking them up or whatever kids do these days. Mine, mine aren't at that phase, so I don't know what happens at 12, yeah. 15, and 16. My oldest is 10. But that car ride home oftentimes is where you get to be immersed in their story, especially if there's another kid in the car where they just start talking and forget that you're there and, you know, interject or don't interject. But that's a pretty cool thing. Um, I think the biggest thing for all of us to be reminded of is our kids are beat up all day long. You know, those that are old enough to look at social media, they're they're their mind plays, you know, comparison tricks on them just like ours does. I mean, they're, they're looking, they're seeing what their other kids outfits look like or the new shoes they have or they're the family vacation they went on or that family's got a pool we don't have a pool or they're doing all the same junk that our brains do at young ages they're doing the comparison you know that they're feeling they're not enough as well yes and if they can just know every day they have a safe place that's full of love full of encouragement that's equipping and armoring them to go back out into that world that is hard and rough, then it's a safe place. But if they come home and they know, oh, crud, I'm going to get chewed out for this or that, man, that's no good for them. So yes, we still have to discipline. Scripture tells us we need to discipline, but we also need to love and we need to encourage. So Father Mike Schmitz, I got to see him speak recently. Uh, he's got the number one podcast in the entire world for the guys that aren't familiar with who he is. And uh, he told the story when Jesus and the apostles went fishing and they threw out into the deep and ended up coming back, not breaking any of the net. And they had the biggest catch they ever had, almost sank the boat, like unbelievable, like what the heck happened? And, uh, but some insight to that story is he was speaking to uh, a crowd and the crowd started to crowd him all the way up to the edge of the water. And he's getting like too tight. And I was like, I got to create some space. And he says to the guy, hey, can you bring the boat over? Uh, could you get me in the boat? Uh, we're like busy with the nets and like we got all, all kinds of fish. Could, well, no, they didn't have any fish that time. This mm. was when they went fishing and they couldn't catch anything. Mm. They're frustrated and angry and tired and hungry because they don't have anything to eat. And said, can you bring the boat over? I just want to get in the boat. <laughs> Fine fine we'll bring the boat so he gets in the boat continues talking to the crowd and they're still pressing on him and he's like hey next thing could you could you scoot out a little bit like i need to get away from the crowd and then he finishes talking and everything hanging out with them for a while and then he says hey can we go back out 
and fish a little bit. No way. We have been out all night. We're tired. We failed. There are no fish out there. Well, can we go a little farther than you guys fished? Can we go to a little bit different spot? And where'd you guys cast to the right or the left? We're on the right side. Cool. Throw it out to the left. But the part of that story that he brought some insights to me was he didn't say, hey, can we go out fishing right now? Can we go back? Instead, he said, hey, can I get in your boat? Can I hang out for a while? Can I be with you guys? And then he nope. said, hey, the next thing, can, you, can we just do a small thing and just separate from the shore by a little bit? Yeah, we could, we could make a small step like that. And then after he's there for a while, they had a little argument about it, but he got them to do the big thing next. So it was meeting people where they are, being with them, spending time with them. And then, you know, wherever things go, you know, if you think that now's the right time to Mm -hmm. bring up some coaching stuff, if now's the right time to ask a big question, great. If your wife happens to be sleeping after you've been praying about it, (laughs) yeah, let her be asleep when I get home. So we get this deal going. All right. Well, I'll let her be asleep, but we're going to talk about this tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you might not know it. You might you can run, but you can't victory, hide. But, but we're coming back for you. We're coming yep. back for you. So phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. So um, we always like to finish off the podcast with kind of anything else you want to add. And then a challenge for the guys and something I forgot to do at the very beginning. I always thank guys that send me notes or post reviews on Apple podcast, uh, a guy named Aaron Cummings invited quite a few guys this week into the group. And I sent him just a private notes and man, thanks a lot. That was really, really cool. And he's like, you're welcome. It's a great resource. Thrilled to get guys into the group. Keep going. So Aaron, thanks so much for the encouragement. I appreciate it a ton. And Corey, have you got something that, that you want to share with the guys, something maybe we didn't cover yet so far? And then after that, if you could throw a challenge out to them, something that they can accomplish, something they can do from week to week. Yeah, I we had we had a long, good, great conversation, or at least I enjoyed it. And but I also said a lot and and there's a lot that's probably weighing heavy on different people. And and my encouragement is just grab one thing. You know, it's if you're going to there's there's this phrase that I love of. You know, it's information plus implementation leads to transformation. So there's a whole lot of information that's shared on this podcast, as well as every other podcast and book. You know, I've written two books and I got books on my bookshelf. Like there's tons of information. But if we truly want to be transformed to become better father, husbands, leaders, we got to start implementing some things. We got to do some things differently. There's a quote that I love that a inch of action is further than a mile of intention. Yes. And so just anything you heard, you got a prompting to go on a date with your, your spouse, to be kinder to your kid, to, to do reflective exercises. What Just grab one thing and start crushing it and then add a second one. But I know a lot of people get off this podcast. They'll say, I'm going to do all these things. And then they kind of don't do anything. Then they just go back to ground zero. And so just grab one thing. And um, so that would be one thing to say. I guess it's kind of in the challenge as well. Um, and I, I think from a challenge standpoint, I would challenge everyone to slow down to make sure they're getting at least call 15 minutes in the word, in prayer, journaling, slow down. I mean, we, we've all heard the saying, but we're much better human doings and we are human beings, but we really need to just be still and, and hear from God and, 
I just did a devotion to my son this morning. I say that. I don't do devotions every day. Trust me. My family rolls their eyes at me all the time, just like they probably do in everyone else's houses. It, it's, it's, an, it's annoying. But today we did one. And today the, the, the talk was how wisdom is more powerful than knowledge. And wisdom is you only kind of acquire wisdom through you know time with God and, and just learning from scripture, from your own life lessons. And that's wisdom. Knowledge is, you know, Who's winning the home run chase? Who is, you know, are you the smartest guy in the boardroom? Like, oh, that's, oh, that's all knowledge. I mean, and, and nowadays knowledge continues to decline because we can Google anything. You know, we don't need to have that knowledge like we used to maybe, you know, but it's wisdom. And so anyways, 15 minutes, spend time with Word. If you're already doing 15 minutes, awesome. Uh, I love it. I love it. Add I, more time. I was going <laughs> to... I was going to settle on that if if we didn't come up with something. Yeah. I was going to suggest a specific thing. And at church just this last week, and it's often that our pastor says this, but he says, come on up to church, spend an hour once a week. He says, I realize an hour is like an unbelievable amount of time for some yeah. people. And like, that's too big of a challenge. He's like, so come up for 15 minutes and just pray, you know, set your phone down, you know, do whatever you want to do, but take that 15 minutes. And then, he's, then he adds to that and he says, if you give 15 minutes to God, he'll give you that time back with interest. He'll give you lots yeah. more time back. And then he so says, good. and then, you know, my personal guarantee, whatever you contributed to the church this week, if you don't get the time back from God, I'll refund you your, yeah. your donation for the week. And then he gives a, a little jab. He says, and most of you don't donate anything. So I'm not risking all that much. With quite a few of you. <laughs> That's awesome. That's good. <laughs> but yeah, look, look to give, look to be generous, but uh, look to give God, the t- God some time, you know, yeah. create some margin in your life. And I think that's a huge thing right now, based on what we've just been through with COVID and all the different things and all the yeses that we're saying yes to, mm-hmm. that that's a perfect challenge. I love that. Uh, I don't believe we've had that one yet in the couple of years we've been doing podcasts. So I love it, man. Cool. This was, uh, this was fantastic. Love spending time with you. I look forward to spending more time with you. And Likewise. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to go check out those four date nights. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and thank you so much, Dan, for having me on. And I'm very, very grateful. Uh, yeah, for, share for uh, share how guys can connect with you, and then I'll put it in the show notes also. Yeah, uh, two best ways. My website is coreymcarlson.com. So Corey, C-O-R-Y, M as in Michael Carlson. And then a lot, lot of stuff there, the you know, the books, the podcast, the blog. I do a weekly email to, to business leaders. And then the second is LinkedIn. I'm active on LinkedIn, daily post. And so love to get connected and just see, you know, be a free resource to, to all of your listeners. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate your time so much. And guys, do check out Corey's stuff and, uh, you know, whatever you got, feel free and throw it in the, in the group and Journey of a Christian Dad Facebook group and look forward to catching you guys next time on the podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. Thank you guys for being a light. Shine that light out and let others see it. With you guys, part of this community, it helps me be accountable to you guys. It helps me be accountable to myself, be accountable to God and Jesus. I hope you appreciated this episode and picked up some great things. I hope you like the challenge and hope you can execute on that challenge this week. I ask of you, please subscribe, share the show with others. Join us inside of the Journey of a Christian Dad on Facebook, inside our private community. Share that community with others. Have your buddies join. Have other dads that are looking to grow in their faith 
grow as spiritual leaders of their family. As we engage in our journey and be intentional with it, we can help others grow theirs as well. We thank you again for listening. We thank you for all your reviews. Look forward to reading a review of yours on a future show. So, dear God, thanks for blessing all of us and thanks for drawing us closer to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Have fun, guys.